You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and this is the post-game show, I guess. You're going to be likely listening to it after the Blue Jays and Red Sox complete their series. As of recording this, it is currently the top of the eighth inning, Boston leading 4-1, which, I mean, we we kind of knew this was going to happen, right? Like... It, it wasn't going to be a surprise. The Blue Jays had a guy just coming off the injured list, making the start for them. So it was always going to be difficult to try and get a win. But we're actually going to talk about that. We're going to talk mostly pitching today. And then um, if you want to talk about uh, hitting on tomorrow's Fan Friday episode then we can do that. But I do want to focus on the pitching today because the pitching is going to be big coming up as we've seen from the kind of merry-go-round that the Blue Jays are on when it comes to pitching. And again, we'll talk about the newest member on that merry-go-round in the second half. But I do want to focus to start on Clayton Richard, who finally made his long-awaited Blue Jays debut today. He was on a strict pitch count, so it wasn't like it was going to be a long one. But it was all right. He didn't give up a home run, which I know um, some writers were like, all right, he's going to set a record for most home runs allowed in a season pitching in the American League East. Well, So far, so good. He hasn't allowed one through May 23rd. Granted, he's only pitched four innings, but he looked like he was in control of things, only gave up the one run on an RBI ground out, looked like he was doing exactly what he wanted to when he was most effective, which was in those Padres days. So he he could be exactly the stabilizing force that the Blue Jays need right now because they do not have anyone that they can reliably get any kind of solid innings from aside from Marcus Stroman and Trent Thornton on a good day, which I mean, Trent Thornton's still a rookie. We don't know what a good day permanently is from him, but if Clayton Richard can go out there and consistently deliver a solid six, that is going to be so huge for the Blue Jays since they don't, know what they have to get that when you look at Edwin Jackson or Ryan Fierabend or even Aaron Sanchez sometimes. Aaron Sanchez pitched well last night. Uh, was Didn't get the win, obviously, because it was like 13 innings long. But it, it, it's just nice to have that kind of stability again. Stability that was lost the second that ACL tour in Matt Shoemaker's leg. And 
it, it's also helpful to have that kind of veteran presence around, especially when you look at um, the Blue Jays' current pitcher, which is Elvis Luciano, currently dealing with a runner on third and one out, and Eduardo Nunez up, which means he should actually get Nunez out. But we will see what happens there. But it's it's just nice to do to have that kind of stabilizing option now. Again, strict pitch count today. He only threw 54 pitches. They're probably going to ramp him up very slowly. If he does make his next start, I would expect a 75 pitch count limit. Just until Richard gets into the swing of things. Um, but no, it, it was good. Like, that's, that's all the Blue Jays need is good. And Clayton Richard provided that. Um, before we do talk in the second half about the newest Blue Jays pitcher, I do want to mention um, Ryan Weber, who, um, when he was announced as a starter for the Red Sox, since Porcello got moved ahead, I think the reaction of a lot of people was, oh no, here comes another random pitcher to shut down the Blue Jays. And he did. Ryan... Ryan Weber went six innings. This is his longest outing since 2015 when he's a nominal starter for it, for those really bad Atlanta teams. And like he had been converted to a reliever, but Boston stretched him out for this one. And of course, he goes six innings, giving up only three hits and only one run because you can do that against this Blue Jays team. It just was not good. Brandon Drury is the hottest hitter on the team right now. And when when Brandon Drury is your hottest hitter, it's just not going to end well. It's now 5-1 for the Red Sox as Luciano allowed the runner to come in because uh, Nunez was able to single into left. That scored Benintendi. So in comes Ryan Furibend. So he'll probably just be asked to get the final five outs and just kind of close the book on this one. But... At least the Blue Jays weren't swept. That's that's a good thing. So the Blue Jays can take that away from today's proceedings as as it goes on. Um, actually, I've already mentioned three of the four Blue Jays pitchers. I might as well mention Sam Cavilio as well. Um, threw two innings, gave up four hits, two runs allowed. Um, again, it's tough to really justify Sam Gavilio's use as that emergent relief ace when you're using him against teams that are very familiar with what Sam Gavilio brings to the table. And what Sammy G brought against the Red Sox was just kind of flat. And again, a lot of these Red Sox batters are very patient and they can just kind of take what they get out of him and then knock the stuff that's flat around the ballpark for singles and stuff. And they're content to get singles because, you know, Boston has professional hitters who are good and will actually do that instead of swinging for the fences every time. I think, yeah, I, th- I thought I was going to avoid the Blue Jays' offense, but it it has to happen. Blue Jays just continue to kind of get in their own heads and just kind of swing for the fences. And, like, again, 
regression was going to be expected. Eric Sogard was is not a 300 hitter. Freddie Galvis is not a 300 hitter. But the progression back to the mean hasn't been there. And you're kind of seeing it a bit from Danny Jansen now. He's starting to, to get hits again. You're kind of seeing it from, from Brandon Drury, but you're not seeing it from guys like Justin Smoke or Randall Gritschuk. And that's a problem when you're, you're most counted upon hitters aren't doing it. Rowdy Telez is and Vlad Guerrero Jr. have been the offense lately. So that was always going to make it difficult to score runs, but it just it doesn't help when you can't conceivably get your pitcher back out of a hole. So yeah, I'm I'm rambling a little bit on this game as it happens. Um, so why don't we take a break just before we do a reminder that today's episode is brought in, brought to you in part by hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip, book your own with hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I mentioned we talk about the newest Blue Jay. Um, that's not Jimmy Cordero anymore. What a what a whirlwind 24 hours for Jimmy Cordero. Um, gets called up because of Ryan Tavares' injury. Pitches and takes the L against Boston last night. Gets optioned this morning to make room for Clayton Richard on the 25-man roster and then gets DFA'd today to make room for the newest Blue Jay, and that is Zach Roscup, who was uh, designated for assignment by Seattle um, earlier last week, sorry, on the 17th. Um, Roscup is a lefty. And the Blue Jays have needed lefties. We've been saying that for a while. Um, not sure who will make room for him, but I'm going to guess if Ryan Fearbend is out here trying to mop up some innings, he's in the Javi Guerra seat. So he's going to be ejected from this 25-man roster pretty quickly to put Roscup on there. Roscup's a 30-year-old from Oregon. Again, left-hander, which is huge because the Blue Jays had... Well, technically two in the bullpen, just because Furabend was in there today. But I think the Blue Jays would prefer to have Furabend as the starting pitching depth if they can sneak him through waivers. So if he goes back down to Buffalo, that's likely what it will be for. And Buffalo's probably the reason why we're seeing all these claims. Like, does Alex Anthopoulos level of waiver working from the Blue Jays front office. Um, again, uh, Ross Cup's a lefty. I, I don't know if I can say that enough about Zach Ross Cup. That's his big attraction for the Blue Jays. He's a lefty. He kills lefty batters. Um, he has an 087 average against lefties this season. Um, not great against right-handers, though. Uh, righties are batting 344 against him. And while he posted a good ERA this season in Seattle, um, had a 321 ERA in 14 innings with the Mariners, um, 
he walked a lot of batters, 15 uh, in those 14 innings. So the walk parade is not going to stop with Zach Roscup. Um, was also the beneficiary of some errors. He gave up eight runs. Only five of them were earned. That's why uh, his ERA is down at 321. He has an average ERA over his career of 486. So he is very situational. Um, he does get strikeouts, 20 strikeouts in 14 innings. So he has decent enough stuff that, again, similar to um, to Jimmy Cordero, he has decent enough stuff. Um, he's a pure fastball slider pitcher. His fastball's around 93, slider's around 86. So... Not not a lot of difference velocity-wise, but he's working kind of like Ken Giles in that he'll just put the fastball slider wherever he wants. It's just a matter of, you know, disguising it well enough and get, and keeping it in the zone. Because, again, that was Ross Cup's undoing in Seattle. It's why Seattle's just been churning through relievers. Um, so, yeah... It's another arm in the pen. It's a kind of veteran arm in the pen. And if he performs well, then he can easily be flipped at the deadline for another kind of low-level prospect. And yeah, he'll he'll be allowed to go out and just essentially do whatever he can as the Blue Jays have made it to the bottom of the eighth. Brian Veerabend gets the two outs on two strikeouts. That's pretty good. Maybe he won't be DFA just yet. I, 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 I can't see him not being DFA'd to make room for Zach Roscup, but I don't know. Enjoying it while it lasts. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a short episode today. Just kind of a busy day. Um, getting ready for the trip to Toronto and tomorrow's Fan Friday episode of the podcast. Just a reminder. If you do want to get involved in that, um, follow me on Twitter at NeoEC18. That's NeoEC18. Um, follow the podcast at Locked On Jays on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. You can do so on Himalaya, which is a curated podcasting app. Just searches through and gets podcasts that you'll like. So check them out. Um, you can do so on Spotify, on Stitcher on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you will be able to find Locked on Jays. So do that. Um, get those questions in for Fan Friday. And yeah, we'll just, you know, have a good time, hopefully, um, talking about that Padres team that's coming in. So that'll be fun. Don't get to talk about San Diego. They're They're looking pretty good. That's going to be scary. So, um, yeah, that's it. And uh, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jasefromthecouch.com, I'm still Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.